Hi, Russ. How are you? Anthony, how are we, mate? All right? Good, right. good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, honestly, I'm quite excited about doing this. I've never done anything like this before, so it could be really good. It could be really bad. We could go down wormholes. I've got no idea. Let's just see what happens. Well, essentially, it's a story about you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And it's just a snippet of you. Yeah. It's not everything. No. But um, it's a hobby of mine, and it's fun. Yeah, so I've listened to a couple before. Your one was spectacular, uh, and your brother's one was really, really interesting. So, yeah, no, um, it's amazing to see how people, you know, just two people seeing all this can just chat. chat. Mm. And uh, I think that's probably, uh, I think that's an art that's been lost over the years. I really do. Mm. Um, especially with like things like social media. Um, people have lost the art of conversation a little bit. Man, they have. I, I, can, uh, I can chat the tail off a... A, of a horse at times well, another time I'm quiet it, it appears to me as people aren't curious no and in their normal day to day they don't go beyond the superficial they don't ask questions which are a little bit probing but a story develops from it yeah so, and I find that people um, it's all about themselves a lot of the time yep yep so you could tell someone something, but it, they don't listen to that. All they want to do is tell you <laughs> yeah, all their troubles. And exactly. I, I do I do find yeah. that a big, big thing yeah. uh, in the last few years. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No one wants to know it, about you. In the last couple of years in particular. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Where people have had a lot of time on their own and, uh, yeah, definitely a big thing. For mm. me, I'm all about, um, hopefully, all about positivity. Mm. That's what I try and preach. Yep. And I say, even with my uh, personal training, I do try and preach positivity, I think. Uh, everyone's, you're all capable of more than you possibly think you are. What sort of personal training is that? In the gym, gym personal training. So uh, uh, I'll, I'll um, hopefully devise programs for people. And uh, if people have never trained before, I can show them hopefully the right technique and a bit of a... Uh, a bit of a pattern or a bit of a, a strategy to try and make themselves bigger, stronger. And the older you get, the more important it is to um, train, resistance training. So when you get to like 45 or 50, don't stop. You should be starting because that's good for your bones. And uh, I mean, take Barry Humphreys, for example, when he fell over, breaks his hip dead. He never done any resistance training, but if he had it done, he wouldn't have probably not broken his hip. Mm. Especially for females when they get a bit older, osteoarthritis. So people should be keeping fit, keeping strong. So you think, uh, especially for males, as you get older? Oh, perfect, yeah, perfect, yeah. Just to keep um, testosterone levels bruised, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Yeah, when you start getting older, don't give up doing it. You should, if if anything, you should should start doing it. Mm. really should. So I'll try and teach, uh, I'll try to preach uh, uh, positivity. And I'm always positive in the gym, I think. And all the people that uh, I try and train, I try and make them see that uh, they've got a lot more potential in them. And uh, the sky's the limit. More than they think. 100%, 100%, yeah. So mm. I try and preach po- pro- uh, positivity. That's what I hopefully try and do. So my little adage is um, fit and strong is more than physical. So if you're feeling good about yourself, everything uh, everything just falls into place as well. You know, you've got your... Um, you've got your, your your mindset right. Um, 
if you're feeling fit and strong, your, your clothes fit, if you go out, your uh, self-esteem goes up, it all, everything all rolls into one. So I think that's really important to, to think about your positivity in your head as well. You know, when it comes to myself, maybe I'm not a positive person for me uh, personally, but everyone else, I can see the positive things in their training. So hang on a minute, you're trying to teach positivity, yeah, but you're not positive yourself? No, 100%. Why is that? I fucking hate myself, to be honest with you. I really do. I, I do not like me. Never have done. What, your appearance? Uh, everything about me. Really? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. I think we spoke before where, uh, you know, you say, uh, what, you know, if you look in, I think, uh, if you look in the mirror, what do you see? I go, oh, do you know what I see in the mirror? I see a spider with big fat body with skinny arms and skinny legs. That's what I see in the mirror. Mm. Um, what about my skinny arms? <laughs> you haven't got skinny arms. Yes, I do. No, you don't. You don't. So uh, you certainly haven't got skinny legs anyway. Uh, but um, but it gets to the point sometimes where, even in the summer, I won't take my T-shirt off down the beach because I'm too self-conscious of how I look and how I don't look the way I want to look. That I won't even take my top off down the beach because mm. I go, wow, I don't don't like that. Mm. So having said that... Do you think that's common? Ah, big, big, very common. There's so many guys that you, and females, that you, that their their um, uh, body dysmorphia is off. My, my body dysmorphia is off the scale, and there's other people that I know that exactly the same thing. They, you know, wear big baggy tops because I don't feel confident enough to wear anything tight because I think I don't look good enough. So, and it's a big thing. It's a, it's what a, do What do you need to have happen to change that? I don't know. I don't Did, know because. Like you wouldn't want to get any bigger because you're like the Hulk. <laughs> you never, you never stop to want to get bigger. That's what I want to try and do: get bigger, more defined, uh, you know, less body fat, all that sort of stuff. So, I think after I done my show last year, I reckon it was probably three weeks after my show that I went. Do you know what? I don't feel too bad. So I actually put a bit of different clothes on and, and uh, tighter t-shirts and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but it only lasted for about three weeks. I don't really know. What sort of show are we talking about? I've done my bodybuilding show. Uh, so is that where men wear the smallest undies they can find? That's the ones, yeah. yeah. That's the ones, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't want anyone listening to this have an image of me in uh, the tiniest little uh, pants ever. I've seen a photo, <laughs> and I can tell you they are. <laughs> yeah, but um, but the uh, yeah, it, it took a it took a little while, a lot of dedication to get there. You have to have dedication to get what, there. What's the motivation to do a show like that where you're standing in your undies and flexing your muscles? Um, I think it's not only the fact that uh, uh, you want to try and look the best you could possibly possibly look, uh, but it's also about the whole journey, about the dedication, uh, the motivation. Uh, it's a big journey to get there. So, I mean, basically you're dieting for, diet, I don't like the word dieting really, but uh, for 16 weeks. So if you want to try and, you're not, there's no glasses of wine, there's no um, no time off the gym, you can't say I'm not going to go today because you have to go. Um, it's all about the dedication, the perseverance, um, learning about your, your mental strength as well, because some days you just go, I've, I've had enough of this, I don't want to do it, but you've got to push through because there's a goal at the end of it. So even for me, um, I say that uh, every year, everybody should, yourself, uh, me, everyone should have a goal to go for. It doesn't have to be a bodybuilding show or fitness, mm. but every year have a goal to go for because it just keeps you ticking over. 
Well, it's amazing how quickly the years slip by where you've done nothing. 100%. And I say every year you should have a goal because all of a sudden you'll stand there and go, and the older you get, the worse it is because you haven't got as much time as these younger people. Mm. So um, you go, every year have a goal to go for because you're exactly right. After about five years, you go, what have I done these last five years? You've achieved nothing. So um, for me, it was ticking off a box. Mm. And now I've sort of got a bit of a addicted to it, so I'm going to try and do another one next year. So... Um, how how long does that feeling last? Like you've you've performed. Yeah. If you did nothing, would you just go back to just flabby skin? Or uh, probably yeah. If you if you all of a sudden just gave everything up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. You're you're um you'll go back looking like you did. Mm before you started weight training. Mm. And that's and people start doing weight training because it's, it can, can get addictive. Mm. The endorphins, um, uh, everything can get really addictive. So I, I, I like to think that um, it's something that I'm gonna keep trying to do. As long as the body holds up, I'm gonna keep trying to do it and do it and do it. So my plan is, if my knees are okay, to do another one when I'm 60. Yeah. So okay. I've got another three years to go. Yeah. Um, and just that's a don't know why number sixty, but mm. I think if we could, it's have, a milestone. Yeah, if I could, if I could look personally good enough to go onto the stage at sixty years old, I'd like to say that's ticked the box. Mm. That'd be it. Well, it's a wonderful motivator for younger people to look at it and go, far out, look at this yeah. guy. And I do, I do, sixty. I do try and preach to the younger ones, and I do use the word preach because sometimes I probably go on a little bit too much. I so say, you guys are in it for the hopefully for longevity. So, you know, just two or three years of training hard and all that, and then you you go, you stop training and then you've drifted off and then you might come back to it again. If you're in it for longevity, that's where you want to be. Mm. So hopefully, inspiration, that's not the word I'm looking for, but if I can motivate some people to carry on or mm. start even, mm. um, uh, that'd be a really good thing, good thing. But there's a difference though between um regularly going to the gym and just having an easy time of it versus going to the gym and having someone instruct you oh yes yeah, and direct difference. you to be doing it correctly yeah and and doing it intensely enough as well because mm. um, if sometimes if you go on your own you're not going to have the intensity there i'm a big big one about intensity because you can't expect results if you're not going to go push yourself a little bit mm. if you go in the gym and you're sitting with your partner and you're both exercising and you're talking about shopping, you're not really putting your effort in. Mm. So you've got to put the intensity but up. it's not a bad thing, you're there. Oh, you're there, 100%. Yeah, mm. so it's better than better not than being there. Yeah, mm. yeah. But I think if uh, a lot of people fail because they don't see the results they're aiming for, so Quick after enough. three or four or five weeks or three months, they go, oh, I haven't got the motivation to do it anymore because I've mm. I've been going to the gym and I haven't changed. Mm. But it's all uh, it's all a lifestyle. So you you know you've got to look at what you're eating, mm. um, and unfortunately it can take over your life a little bit. Like as for me, mm. uh, it does take over your life. But hey, well I think that the uh, p- people that don't see a difference, they're the ones that fall off the gym membership and they don't do. go back again. Or keep their gym membership for two or three gyms at a time and never go to one of them. Mm. And there's quite a few like that. Mm. Uh, or they turn up once once every three or four weeks and you go, 
no, no point doing that, you know. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm a big, big try and positivity and try and motivate people to um, keep going because I've, I've, I like to think that I've done all the things that I can see all the other people doing when I was younger. So I mean, I, I started training when I was probably thirty. Okay. And I went really big into it, um, and then uh, I sort of gave up for a few years. And when I started, when I came to Australia, which was 17 years ago, I uh, sort of started up again. And the last three or four years, I've really ramped it up a little bit. Probably five years, probably. I've really ramped it up a bit. So, um, yeah. Have you always been a big man like you are? Uh, From a muscle point of view? No, not really. No, no honestly, I was, um, I was six foot one when I was 12 years old. Really? Yeah, yeah. I haven't grown, I haven't grown since I was 12. Right. So, and my son's the same. He was a monster at twelve, and he's still he's still a bit taller than me, so he says. But he's just got more hair. Wow! Um, but uh, yeah, so um, and I haven't grown since then. Uh, I was quite skinny, um, but then obviously bad diet stuff like that. I did get a bit chunky, um, and then I went travelling uh, when I was twenty five. I went when I was travelling, so I lasted four years travelling around the world, and obviously I. I wasn't eating enough, so I got really skinny again. So I've been up and down, up and down. But when I came back from travelling, I decided to hit the gym, and I did get a bit carried away. So I got up to, I was a little bit chunky, but not too bad, but I got up to about 140 kilos. So I was a lot stronger than I am now. What are you weigh now? Uh, about 115. Okay. So I was another 25 kilos on top of what I am now. Mm. Uh, but again, that was a, a spit and sawdust gym. It's fantastic. Uh, What's that? That's just a basic gym, rusty weights. Yep. Um, bit old school. Some big, big boys in there uh, and girls. Uh, and they did just... you have someone like Russ training you? No, no. no I, had a, I had an older guy. Sort of like that's why I can relate to it. An older guy I used to train with, big fella. He was a bit old school, so he used to be my training partner. Uh, never let each other down. We always turned up and trained together, and um, he uh, he motivated me. And so we uh, used to throw as much weight around as we possibly could. Whether that's good for you or not, I don't know. Uh, but that, you know, then I stopped when I came to Australia, then started again. And uh, but the last five years, I've really knuckled down and like made it a bit of a bit of a bit of a lifestyle for me. That's mm. what I do, and I really enjoy it. I really mm. do enjoy it too. Yeah, well, there's definitely an element of your men- mental well-being after having gone to the gym. Yeah, 100%. All the endorphins come out. It's fantastic. So uh, I, I, I like to think that everyone, who when they go before they get to the gym, they might be a bit down, a bit of shit day at work. You come and train hard in the gym. You leave the gym and you go, what was I thinking about before I came? Mm. And it literally can be as dramatic as that. You just go, what was I worrying about? Alternatively, you can just go home, sink five or six beers on the sofa and there's no pressure gone. All the release, there's no release there at all. You just pent up all ready for the next day. Mm. So get to the gym, do a bit of exercise, let the anger out, crush a few demons, and then uh, and then go back and start the next day. Mm. That's what I think. Yeah, sounds like a good motto. Yeah, yeah. Crush a few demons and then go back mm. the next day. And there's a lot of people in the gym that are just as much there for their mental health as they are for their physical health. Okay. Really is, honestly. Mm. Yeah, stressed out of work, stressed out with their life, go and lift some weights, bang, feel better for them. As soon as you get home, you feel better. Mm. Really do. And as you say, better than alcohol or drugs. 100%. Yeah, it really mm. is. Yeah, They're not the answer. 
they get some masking agent, don't they? Mm. Yeah, they really are. So, I mean, I've, I've never been an angel. I've, I've certainly done the other drink and druggy thing. Um, and uh, this is better. Mm. Really is, honestly. Mm. Yeah. Way better. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting you talk about angels because when we met, I noticed your, you, you were wearing the same T-shirt, different colours, but same T-shirt yeah, at the gym yeah, yeah. with a big angel on the back. Yeah, it's the angel of death is. Why that, I don't know. I thought it would be a bit tougher. And the little motto on the back is, um, it is what it is. And uh, I'm a big believer. That's not a negative, it is what it is, because you could take it two ways. You could you could say it is what it is, and that we just give up. Or you could say it is what it is, and use that as a positive thing, and then move on and work around what it is. So with I've done these T-shirts when I had my shoulder up in December, and I was really depressed because obviously I'd just done my show. I was feeling really good and I had to have this shoulder up because it was uh, no good. And I was very depressed because I was in a sling. I couldn't train at all for three and a half months. Um, but then I, my mindset tried to change a little bit and I thought, well, listen, it is what it is. You can't do anything about it. You can't control it. And sometimes people go, um, uh, you, you try and control things that you can't control. You can't do anything about that. Control the things you can control, and the things you can't control, just it is what it is, and just try and work around it and try and be positive. So I did. I couldn't train up my body, and after being really down about it all, I thought, well, it is what it is. Let's just move forward. So I used to go to the gym every day, just do a bit of cardio, or just go for a walk on the thing, or just do a bit of legs, and I was still in the gym environment, although I couldn't train anything at all because I was in a sling. It is what it is, so move on, and I think you could uh, adapt that that motto to everyday life. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, really could. Yeah, mm. so I want to get some more printed up, all in different colours. Yeah. So I might have one for every day of the week. Mm, that'd be good. Yeah. The weird thing is, I've got different colours for different days, and if um, <laughs> being a bit shallow and a bit stupid, uh, if I wear the wrong T-shirt for the wrong body part, it throws me completely. So I'm a black one for legs. So if we see you in a black t-shirt, you know I'm training it's leg legs. Day. Yeah, leg day. Um, yeah, right. If I've got my yellow one, it's chest and shoulders. Um, blue one's back. Yeah. So if I've got a black one on for chest, phew, the day's done. It's, mm. it's not really done, but yeah, uh, that's yeah, hilarious. It just, yeah, it affects me. Yeah, but, uh, so mm. I've got that regimented now. So mm. I need to get some different colour ones. That's, so not, I can that's not a little tiny bit OCD, is it? <laughs> just a little bit, maybe. Yeah. What do you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, just so. Why bit. the angel? Um, I thought it just, uh, it just um, like it's a giant angel. It's not yeah, a little. Yeah. It covers yeah. your whole back. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, so it's it's meant to be the angel of death, um, uh, and and why I picked that, I'm not hundred percent sure, um, but it's if for me the the image um, epitomises the saying. Um, you've got the angel of death there well it's not the end of the world it's mm. not the end of it all it is what it is we're not going to see you angel of death just yet we'll move mm. on and we'll try and avoid you mm. uh, and we'll try and use a bit of positivity and uh, and uh, work around whatever the problem is mm. yeah that's why the angel yeah, yeah well it's it's uh, imposing but <laughs> it's imposing so mm. I'll get you one well I don't know Really, you'd have to get everyone in the gym one then. <laughs> otherwise, That's true. otherwise, oh, does that mean I'm one of your favourites? 
Well, it could be. Yeah, it? it could be. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. But um, yeah, no, I like to think that, uh, as I say, positivity for me is 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 a good thing to preach. Whether mm. I whether I actually learn from that myself, uh, probably jury's a little bit out on that one. I reckon. Mm. Yeah, you yeah. need to take some a bit more of your own medicine, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm. And there's a few people that I talk to would definitely agree with that as well. Because mm. in the gym environment, people do talk to each other, but just you know, not just about gym stuff, but everything in life. Well, I think um, some people in the gym listening to this would be surprised to hear you say that about yourself. Well, yeah, they mm. probably would, because and they may identify with it. Yeah, but uh, it might be a good thing. I'm not 100 percent open about it all. Mm. Uh, well, just, too late. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah but uh, but I don't uh, I don't just tell people, just anyone, um, how you're feeling and all that sort of stuff. But there's a few people I talk to know exactly where my mindset is a lot of the time. But uh, but um, uh, a lot of people obviously uh, wouldn't realise that. Mm. Yeah, wouldn't realise that at all. But I'm not alone. Mm. So many people are exactly the same boat as me that. Uh, mask their feelings sometimes and put on their little poker faces and you wouldn't realise until you actually sit down and talk to them and you go, oh wow, you know, mm. a lot of people. So I think you'll be surprised at how many people do struggle at times with... Uh, well, it's a little bit confronting when you've got full-length mirrors yeah, looking at you and it's a, it's a one-dimensional shot. You don't see it really no. how it is. No. So they're kind of fake. <laughs> yeah, I suppose they are. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So uh, yeah, but there's a lot of people in the same boat as me, um, and uh, I think they're always there trying to change something. That, uh, but whether they're trying to change themselves or the way they look, maybe a bit of both. Mm. Maybe a bit of both. Yeah. Maybe that's a like a deeper problem with the entire society where we spend so much time with the, our uh, appearances. You know, looking in the mirror and hair and oh, makeup huge, and huge, all yeah. that sort of stuff, yeah, and yeah. you can't leave the house without it. And yeah, yeah, there's a lot of girls we know that can't go out the house without makeup, and also their fellas go, "You're not going out like that." Or oh, you can go out however you like, as far mm. as I'm concerned. But you know, it's all got that. Uh, you can imagine if they're out and they get pictures taken of them, then they're a lot happier about. It. It's all social media again, isn't it? Really, mm. when you think about it. So social media is not always a good thing. Mm. Not always a good thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I did learn a lot about myself when I went travelling around the world. Um, that was a fantastic time, it really was. So I lasted probably almost four years travelling, and I left with a mate of mine. I wasn't brave enough to go on my own, but we went to India and then Nepal together, and then um, went to Thailand, and he met this Thai girl, um, and... Uh, he stayed in Thailand. That so, was it? Yeah, so I, I, I carried on all on my own and it was the best thing I ever did because mm. as soon as you meet, go off and uh, you're on your own, you've got to talk to people. Mm. Um, and so, you know, straight away you just meet people all the time. And actually some of the people I met travelling, you know, how many years ago is this now? 30 years ago, there's a few I'm still in contact with now. Mm. So I met them travelling mm. and I'm still in contact with them now. So. Well, you can see that's part of your nature when you're in the gym, you'll... You're talking to everyone. Yeah, I try and talk to people. Mm. Yeah. yeah, try and have mm. a laugh and, mm. and try and be motivating and positive and all that sort of stuff as we've talked about before. Uh, and if you see someone every day, you just say hello. And when you're travelling as well, don't forget that people, uh, if they're on their own as well, they're, they're in the same boat as you. Mm. So they're all on their own. So 
you get together some people you click with obviously some people we don't but the people we click with you can just have the best time of your life you really mm. can yeah. so we had some great experiences um, some not good ones but some good ones as well uh, and um, yeah yes uh, the best thing I ever did go travelling really mm. was good I would have done it all over again but uh, I think the, that boat sailed a little bit because you wouldn't want to do it now but um, but yeah when I was younger it was fantastic fantastic mm. I feel sorry for the young kids now yeah yeah yeah. Mm. well funny enough my daughter's travelling at the moment she's gone on her own it's braver than me eh? mm. Um and she's in Europe having an absolute blast. Really is. So I'm really pleased that she's gone on and done that. And uh, I think my boy might even do the same in a couple of years' time. So I'd encourage everyone to go travelling. Mm. Uh, I think the world's a bit more dangerous place than it used to be 30 years ago. Um, but still still a fantastic thing to do. Mm. Learn a lot about yourself travelling. Mm. You really can. So, yeah. yeah. Can you ever see yourself moving back to the UK? No. No? Never. Never. <clears throat> never. No, no way. No, I'd never go back there. Yeah, I've often wondered you know, what motivates people to leave the country they were born in and move to a completely different country and then call that a home. Yeah, well, uh, even, I, I, as I say, I've got no intention of even really going back to the UK again. Uh, first of all, it's expensive, it's a long way. Um, and I think myself, well, if I've got two sisters in the UK, and I think if they come over here, I know it's a bit selfish of me, but if they come over here, this is like a holiday because they come here in the summer. You've got the beaches. It's it's, it's almost like going on holiday. Mm. Um, for me, going back to the UK, it's not a holiday at all. It's just uh, oh, I've been here before, you know, mm. and uh, um, it's not the same. And the last time I was there, I can remember saying to someone, "I can't wait to go home." And Australia was home for me mm. uh, because it really when I said it, I went, "Oh, that sounded really strange," but um, mm. it was. Uh, I really did mean it. So. I'm really, really happy in Australia. Uh, I'm really, really pleased we came here. And uh, and especially Adelaide as well, because Adelaide's just been an amazing place for the kids to grow up. Mm. Um, if it was Sydney or somewhere, or it might have been different, but Adelaide has been a, an amazing place for the kids to grow up. Yeah. It really has been. The opportunities they've had here have been... It's like a slower-paced oh, place than Sydney. And more opportunities for them as well. It's far surpassed anywhere in London because mm. um, you wouldn't want to live in London anymore. Mm. Wouldn't, wouldn't what was that like growing up as a kid in London? Um, well, I was just on the... I was in a London borough, so I think we were in the last the last borough before it turned into Kent. So um, we weren't right in the city. We were a bit further out. Uh, but it was good. I can only remember... I can't remember an awful lot about being a kid, but I can remember the, you know, the old adages of going... going 8 o'clock in the morning, you get your bike, and you ride off. And um, you go and do uh, apple picking in the orchards, and there was all the wastelands with derelict houses, with the round around about a couple of k's from my house, uh, derelict houses, and they just had this big orchard there. We used to sit up there just eating apples, um, just going riding your bike. And when it got to night time, you came home. There was mm. no mobile phones. I know mm. it sounds a really old thing to do and all that, but your mum and dad said just be back before it's dark. Mm. And it really was like that. Australia was the same. Yeah, yeah. And mm. now, obviously, even me, my kids, where are you? Is everything okay? Because you're on the phone. Mm. And even the daughter in uh, Europe now. When I travelled for four years, I reckon I wrote my mum one letter and I spoke to her on the phone twice in four years. She didn't even know what country I was in sometimes. Mm. But now, 
got face on FaceTime with my daughter every three or four days. So mm. I know she's safe, I know she's yep. happy. Um, so, but yeah, obviously growing up in the UK, it was just, uh, I know you've seen it on TV and a bit cliche, but uh, yeah, just sitting there on your bike, just going off for a ride with your mates, uh, climbing trees. Well, it used to be common that you'd see like groups of kids cruising around the suburbs, but now yeah. you just don't see it. No, you don't. No, you don't. Streets are empty. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's what we did. And uh, there was no Playstations or mm. Nintendos or mm. we just went out and just rode the bikes, kicked the footy about. Mm. Um, probably got into a bit of mischief as well. Yeah. But nothing well, really that bad. The, that nothing. was the whole point of it. Yeah, nothing, nothing obviously really, really bad. But we used to get into a bit of mischief and... Uh, uh, you know, doing things like garden running. I don't know if you've heard of that, have you? Well, we used to, with all the terraced houses, we used to get in, jump over the fence of one house, and there's about twenty or thirty houses all the way down, and you have to run through the gardens, jumping over okay. all the all yep. the fences, and you had to battle dogs and uh, angry homeowners, and it was just a bit of a dare. So you get from one end to the other without getting caught and mm. stuff like that, and uh, it was all harmless stuff, but it was mm. just a bit of fun. Mm. Um, you know, I guess you stupid things like that. Mischief. Mischief, that's what mm. the word I'm looking for, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my youngest daughter said to me a while back that her her friends are envious that we or I lived before the internet. Yeah, I could, I could probably... Because they probably... can't imagine what it would be like without the internet. No. I um, can well, me good. too as well. I mean, guess that reads <clears throat> and sort of brought up there. You know, if we were doing this garden running thing, Someone nowadays will be on a phone and they'll be filming it, and someone put it on social TikTok. media, TikTok, <laughs> and then uh, the police will be knocking on your door within three or four days. Yeah. And you just go, oh "My God, yeah. it's not the same as uh, yeah. uh, uh, back in the day, is it?" No, uh, no, no. it's not the same. But I think someone before the internet, I think uh, things are certainly a lot more simple, weren't they? Do you simple. reckon? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. Simple, mm. well, a lot simple. I'm a simple lad. I've never said I was intelligent. Mm. Uh, nice and simple. Keep it for me, and then that's all good. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, just going back to the gym, obviously you can probably hurt yourself in the gym. Oh, yeah. Um, there's lots of, we're talking about social media, there's lots of videos of people hurting themselves. Yeah, uh, mm. I mean, there really isn't, and with any sport, mm. uh, gym's no different. Uh, you know, you go and play footy, you go and play rugby. I've seen horrendous injuries playing rugby. Mm. Um and that's the way it is. I mean, I've I've got a snap bicep tendon. That was boxing. I've had a torn bicep tendon doing uh, weights. Shoulder. Is that operation. where your bicep retracts? Yes, yeah, snaps completely and goes up your arm. Uh, that was boxing. Didn't hurt, funny enough. It doesn't hurt. Didn't hurt. Nah, didn't hurt at all. Just a weird bang feeling. And I looked down and my biceps up my arm, and I can still remember. Uh, I was sparring with this guy, much bigger than me, and I lost my temper, and that's why this happened. I took this big swing, Hail Mary, and it just, just went snap. And as I'm looking at my bicep up the arm, he got a couple of punches on me, which I thought was a bit out of order. But um, yeah, so it went up my arm, and I remember saying to the uh, the trainer, he went, what's up? I said, uh, I think I've just snapped my bicep tendon. And he went, oh, that doesn't look very good. He said, do you want to finish the round? I said, um, well, look, if it's all the same year, I might just drive myself to the hospital if that's all right. And I could still remember he went, oh, because I was a bit soft. Um, but I still, I didn't finish around and I did drive myself to the hospital and they uh, reattached it within two days and that was good. Um, so it's as simple as that. They just grab the tendon and yeah, sew yeah. it back on. Yeah. 
but it was quite funny as you see it's quite a it's quite a big scar and I can still remember um, it shouldn't be that big it should be that big but I've never met the surgeon that done it it was on the on the private uh, on the public um, system and uh, I, I saw the surgeon uh, so I never never met the surgeon once there were so many people and I did eventually see one guy and he went I remember you he said I was in the surgery when you had this done and he said it was ever so funny he said because we thought the tendon was down there so we cut down there and he said oh. and then we realized the tendon was up there so we had to cut and he was saying to me it was funny but there's a huge scar but it's always a good storyteller and I say I'm not a I'm not a model so a few scars every now and again doesn't matter any at all but guess the way he said oh it was funny he said mm. this we thought the tendon was there so we cut and then it wasn't so we had to cut back down there and that's the difference between uh, a public and a private one mm. there we go the scars show themselves mm. but uh yes yeah, so i've done that um, was that the end of your boxing career i thought i'd call it a day then yeah i wasn't very good which was so it was okay um and i've had like seven knee ops in total so you can what's that from um well the first one i had when i was 14 uh playing rugby uh and they wouldn't do it nowadays to a 14 year old lad but they took half my cartilage out and i can still remember the, the bloke saying to me um uh he said i sorted it now he said but when you're 35 you might start having trouble but when you're 14 year old lad 35 well they're so far down the line it didn't even register with me mm. um and consequently since then i've had uh, four on that leg and uh, three operations on that one. So, not like yourself. I've, my my time and my knees are a bit uh, a bit limited, I think. Uh, but yeah, as I say, for the answer to your question, you can certainly hurt yourself in the gym. Mm. Um, but you can only do it as effectively and controlled and the right way as you can. And if an accident happens, then it happens. Mm. Uh, if you've got bad form or you're lifting too much weight or something like that, I think it's silly. But if you train sensibly mm. and... Um, well, I think that's where the um, PT comes into it, that you are being shown the right way. 100%, yeah. Really and that's going to reduce the chance of you hurting yourself. Yeah, it really is. And uh, mm. I see some of the younger lads in there and you just go, my God, boys, you're not you're not doing this right. You're going you're gonna to hurt mm. yourself but um i try not to stick my nose in too much but if mm. i see something really bad going on i will i will say whether they want to listen or not is a different thing but mm. you have to try and guide them in the right direction we were talking yesterday about the uh, hyperextension of your knees yeah. of your knees and also of your you know when yeah, you yeah. when you're curling yeah. like that yeah. and you're and depressing as well yeah all that sort of stuff so yeah um i think if you're locking your knees out locking your elbows out first of all putting all the tension on the joints rather than the muscle and secondly you can as we've seen on things like leg press where people's legs go the other way mm. it's quite horrendous isn't it mm. so you don't want that happening to you mm. so um yeah but the idea is that you remain under tension yeah by not locking tension. out by not locking out so that's, that, whole that's idea. a good thing yeah otherwise your joints are taking the weight rather than your muscles so mm. which is not what you want to do you don't want bigger joints do you no no, no. but when you're when you're not very strong, going to full extension, you, that's where you have a rest. Yeah, yeah, but it's not necessarily that's right. That's a bad spot to be. It is a bad spot Maybe to be, Maybe you should yeah. take some weight off. Exactly right, 100%, mm. yeah, yeah. So mm. uh, ego lifting is a thing that should be uh, should be uh, frowned upon. But yeah. there's a lot of people that do do the ego lifting. Mm. Get as much weight as they can with bad form and uh, mm. uh, they don't last very long. 
Mm. And I can only say this from experience, because Sylvie, I've done all that as well, ego lifting, and uh, sometimes you go, it's not the way ahead, really, is yeah. it? Honestly, it's not. Well, what what is the difference between doing multiple reps with a lower weight versus not very many reps with all the weight? Depends what you want. If you want to be a power lifter and lift as much weight as you can, then you know, you, you, you're not going to do anything more than three, four, five, six reps, and every now and again you just do your one rep maximum to see how strong you are and how much weight you can lift. Right. Um, but uh, to do like bodybuilding, uh, hypertrophy, which is getting your muscles worked and fatigued and slightly torn and all that sort of stuff, and uh, you know, you've got to look at the rep range between, I don't know, between eight and 15. Um, and if you're going for endurance, well, push it up to 30 reps. So it depends what you want out of it. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, for the for the power lifting, just one, two, three, four, five reps. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But for the mum and dads walking in the door of a gym, they don't know what they want. So therefore they don't know how to train and there's no, unless you get a PT, you have no idea. No, you don't have an idea. And uh, you, you, If you walk in and you're a male, if you walk into the gym, the thing is you're just going to try and lift as heavy as you can because it's guess what blokes do mm. uh, and sometimes that's not always a good thing when you haven't trained before mm. and you just try and lift as much weight as you can because that's your male ego coming in mm. uh, the females will be completely different but the males will just go right I'm just going to see how much I can do and they will do in the first week they'll try and do one, two, three reps to go oh that's really heavy and they could hurt themselves like that obviously so but at the third lot of 15, a really light weight will feel heavy. It will, yeah, yeah. Mm. And your muscles don't know what's written on, on, the, on how many, how many, uh, where the pin is on the machine. So as long as you're pushing yourself to a bit of fatigue, your muscles don't know you're only lifting 20 kilos. Yeah, right. Rather, other than 80, mm. your muscles don't know that. So as mm. long as you're pushing yourself and you can feel it in your muscles you're meant to be training and uh, you're fatigued, mm. um, and you haven't gone to total failure, but you've gone to almost failure, mm. that's what you want. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is, what muscle am I working on? Knowing that is really important. Mind-muscle coordination, as we've talked about before. How does um, that work? Well, you can concentrate on your muscles. So I, I even, I think I've said to you before, uh, you can stand in the kitchen and with no weight at all and just squeeze your muscles and uh, try and get that mind-muscle coordination because when you actually do transfer it to the exercise, if you're doing bench press and you can activate your chest and think about your chest moving, you get so much more out of the workout. So mind-muscle coordination is a really, really big thing to do. So while you're exercising, you're imagining in your mind the muscle that you're yep. putting under strain. Yeah, perfect. And you'll get so much more out of your workout um, because you're activating the muscle that you're trying to train and it hopefully alleviates all the problems and all the muscles that might hurt around it because you're if you're doing chest you want your chest to hurt you don't want your shoulder to hurt or your tricep to hurt mm. or your elbow to hurt or your back to hurt you just want your chest to hurt so if you've so. got the wrong technique then um your the muscle that you're trying to work isn't working well, isn't a working, different muscles working 100 to not, do the same it's not action working effectively as it should be doing yeah yeah mm. so uh that's what you want to try and avoid so i do mm. try and do it myself so every rep you concentrate on every rep otherwise if you think halfway through going oh what have i got to get from the supermarket you, you lose that connection yeah okay. so yeah that's a big thing for me 
mm. yeah, mind muscle coordination. Well, that's the minute you fall off your mountain bike when you stop thinking about what exactly you're doing. Right. Yeah, yeah. You've got if to you start thinking about your shopping, you'll fall off. <laughs> Have you done that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not are you thinking about shopping? Just anything. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when you're going down a mountain bike trail, you can't think about anything else. Yeah. Because if you do, you're not you're just not present and That's you're going to fall off. Same things for in the gym, the weight training. You've got to concentrate on what you're doing. Otherwise, you know, you could all of a sudden go out of alignment if you're doing free weights. Um, yeah, anything can happen. So you've got to concentrate on what you're doing. Otherwise, it doesn't work quite as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's a pretty intimidating place to it go, can, the it gym. It can be. Yeah, it can Especially be. when you're new to going to the gym. Yeah, I do say to everyone, don't be intimidated. As I said, you can go up to the biggest, scariest, smelliest bloke in the gym and say to him, excuse me, could you give me a hand? I guarantee you, they would all say yes. So never be intimidated at all. You, but you, if, you, if you tried that to go to a woman and ask her, you'd get a different... You, would, you probably would get a different approach, yeah. Mm. A different answer. Um, Especially if you're 62. <laughs> Or 56. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, it, it, it is a bit strange. Uh, but that's just the way of the world and the way it is at the moment. But, mm. uh, but yeah, so, um, but you can never be intimidated and go into a gym because everyone's paid their fees. Everyone's paid the equal amount to be there. So, you, 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 everyone's equal. And I've always said, in my experience, in the gym, there's never... I shouldn't be, and never. I've never have really experienced it. There's never any racism. There's never any um, sexism. Uh, anything like that. It's all built on respect. So I mean, for an example, you could have some guy walk in wearing a full dress and high heels, and anywhere anywhere else in the whole world, people would see that and go, "Oh my God, what a weirdo!" But if this guy walked in, took his high heels off and squatted 250 kilos, everyone in the gym would go, wow, well done, mate. Mm. Yeah, they would. It's all built on respect, the way you train, your attitude. doesn't matter what colour, gender, size. It's all built on respect. Uh, and that's one thing I think the gym can really, really teach people. Um, we're all there for the same reason. Well, yesterday that happened to me. Yeah, exactly right. That you got a fist bump. Mm, yeah. I did, and that guy was the, probably the muscliest dude in the gym Apart next to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, so I really feel that the gym is is a is a total inclusive place for absolutely everyone. It's, everyone's got a a space in the gym to go for, um, and it's all built on respect. So if you're training well, you're training hard, you get total respect. Doesn't matter what colour, gender, what you're wearing, doesn't matter. And don't be afraid to smile and say hello. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's not a gym where, uh, or the gym shouldn't be a place full of attitude. And there is gyms like that, really is. Um, and those, if you walk into gyms and there's guys and girls giving it lots of attitude and being negative or being aggressive, then uh, they they shouldn't be in the gym. They've got no place to be in the gym. Mm. It's an all inclusive place, and everyone's more than welcome. And mm. it's the only the only place I've ever experienced in the whole world there, where. This is the case. Anywhere else, I've never experienced that before. There's always either sexism, racism, uh, uh, you know, um, anything like that. But the gym is the one place where it's not evident for me anyway. Mm. It should be all-inclusive and it's all built on respect, mm. which I think if uh, 
the whole world could learn a lesson from that, mm. I think. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And there's women in the gym that are lifting more than men. Yeah. And it's you look at them and go, yeah. wow. I know, but the dedica- That's amazing. The dedication that they put into that and the effort and the sacrifices they put in for that is is huge. Mm. huge. You just can't... Some people are genetically gifted. Mm. I don't think we can deny on that at all, but um, people's work ethic, attitude, lifestyle and all that, these people, some of these girls that look in amazing shape, they don't just get out of bed and do that. They, they put a lot, a lot of effort into doing that. Um, they put sacrifices in. They don't eat the bad food. They have early nights. They don't go out partying. So to, to some of these girls that look amazing, they put a lot, a lot, a lot of hard work in to do that. Mm. They don't just roll out of bed and go, here I am. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and they and there's some strong girls in there that lift a lot, a lot of weights as well. Mm. And again, it's all built on respect. It really is. Mm. You've just got to go, wow, take it out to them. Mm. It really, is, yeah, really you, is good. You do. Yeah. Some of the girls... Um, I will say, in my experience as well, I shouldn't say really, but uh, the girls, females are the stronger sex. Mm. 100%. Mm. Their mindset, um, their their focus, their work ethic. Dedication. Dedication is so much better than the blokes. I've had guys, when I've been training and more training with them, I've had them bail on me, going, I can't do anymore. I've got a gut I can't do anymore. I've, what do you mean you can't do anymore? But no, not one female has ever said that. Mm. I've, had, I've had a few girls in tears, but they won't give up. So in my experience, females are the stronger sex mentally. Mm. Not mm. physically, but mentally the stronger sex. Well, I don't think there'd be many men that could go through childbirth. No, 100%. No, 100%. Uh, so yeah, definitely mentally the stronger sex in my experience. Don't tell everyone that, though, will you? You just did. (laughs) Do you like being a trainer? I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it. I do like trying to help people. I do like trying to transform people. Um, And I do enjoy trying to instill some positive mindset into them and making them believe in themselves a little bit more than they possibly would do before they started training. Mm. I think that's a really important thing, and I've said to you before that um, everyone's capable of doing so much more than they think they are. And I think if you can instill that into their head, it might transfer into other aspects of their life. You know, mm. so they go, "Well, oh, if I can, if I could lift that much weight and push through that much pain that I've just pushed through there, well, maybe I can do more stuff at work, or I can." Uh, yeah. So hopefully, the mindset of people achieving more than they think they're capable of could. You know, filter into other aspects of their life. Mm. Um, for me, I know, I know the gym's not the total answer for everything in life, but it's not fucking far off it. Mm. I don't think. Mm. Um, you learn a lot about yourself lifting metal. I mm. think. Well, I was about to ask if that by you being a trainer, it helps you with you. No, it doesn't. No, not at all. Why not? Don't know. Not at all. Uh, yeah, I can. I can see positivity in other people, and I can love seeing changes in people. But for me, I'm still me, and I don't necessarily like that very much. Mm. But I don't know what I can do about it. But um, uh, do you, have you? Are you able to put your finger on something that maybe happened that would 
No. Lead you down that path? No, not no? at all. No, and if I could, it would be a different story. If mm. someone said to you, what would make you happier, Russ? I'd go, if I could say, well, do you know what? A new car would be great. Uh, or a bigger car. Or a bigger car. Even, <laughs> you know, a bigger car. Um, I'd go, that would make me a lot happier, but it's not the answer. Mm. So uh, I'll be, to be honest with you, I don't know what the answer would be. Um, because if I did, it wouldn't be a problem. Um, but for me, hopefully I can, some of my inadequacies I can notice in other people and hopefully try and change them. Mm. And hopefully I've done that with a few people, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, for me, I don't know, maybe a lost cause. See what happens. <laughs> See what happens. Doubt it. See what happens. Yeah. Well, the, the body dysmorphia is a mental situation. Yeah, it is it? totally 100%, yeah. Um, and it's, you know, you take that to the ex the other extreme of, say, anorexia. Yeah, well, anorexia is the same thing, yeah. yeah. They don't, um, they think they think they're overweight. Yeah, and body dysmorphia is, um, there, there is a proper name for it. Obviously, you've got anorexia, and um, they call it smallitis, whatever it is, but it's the same thing. So some guys could look really big, but in their head, they're not small, so it's completely opposite to anorexia. Mm. These big guys are looking at themselves in the mirror and going, I'm tiny. Mm. I can't so, believe it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So uh, I won't wear tight T-shirts, mm. apart from those three weeks after the show. Um, I just uh, never buy me any clothes because I won't wear them because I have to feel comfortable with me in the clothes that I wear to enable me to go out. Otherwise, I won't go out. Mm. I'll, obviously I won't wear tight stuff because I never think I look good enough so yeah um, small lights I know there's an official word for it exactly the opposite end of the spectrum to anorexia but they both really exist and the, ev everything in the middle as well mm. yeah mm. and I say it's not just me that suffers from that mm. there's so many people like you guys you'll look at and go what are shoes no they don't think they are they all think they're small well I guess the change happens so gradually that they don't notice they've become big yeah they still think that they're the same little kid that started in That's the beginning. Right. And some of these guys are uh, huge and they go, no, no, just not big enough. It is addictive. It really is addictive mm. lifting weights. Um, but yeah, some the mental side is, and I think a lot of the time people do get into the gym uh, for probably two reasons. For obviously fitness as well, fitness and strength, because I always preach, you know, especially as you get older, as we said earlier, that um, you should be... Uh, um, Lifting weights for your bones, keeping strong, uh, your muscles keeping strong, uh, functional fitness, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but also a lot of people get into the gym because they're just not happy with themselves. And it's probably a 50-50 or you know, it might even be more the other way around as well. But uh, mm. yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, you just talk to people, they will they will open up a little bit and uh, uh, you'll discover that what the what a epidemic it is, mm. really is. And again, is it social media? I've got no idea. Mm. Not with me, it's not because... I'm yeah. probably not in that generation, but the younger generation, for, for sure, 100%, mm. yeah. Looking at the pictures on the internet and uh, Instagram of all these influencers that uh, look better than they do. But they've possibly applied filters to themselves anyway. You you never know. You mm. never know, yeah, yeah. Does that feeling go away when you're performing? Like, you feel better about yourself when you're standing up there performing? No. No? Not really, no. Worse? Well, uh, I don't know. Is there an um, audience? Yeah. So there's a crowd of people sitting in a, like a picture theatre and you're up on the stage? Yeah. On your own? And they're, and, they're, and they're looking at every aspect of your body. 
Um, so you're being critiqued on how you look. For me, um, I don't care whether I come first or, or last. Didn't, mm. That doesn't matter. If I want a trophy, I go and buy one at a shop. You know what I mean? It's not, <laughs> put it's your not name one. on it. Put my name on it. You are the best, you know, or whatever <laughs> you could put on there. But uh, uh, for me, it's um, it's more about the journey and the thing and having the having the bollocks to stand up on stage and go, I'm not happy with myself, but here I am. This is the best I can do at the moment. Mm. So here I am. So mm. uh, for me to even do that, I, I was quite pleased with myself because I'd never, never been happy enough to do it before. Mm. Um, and I could have done it when I was younger, but Were I never. Were you nervous? Um, I just, uh, I went, oh shit, I bust. I was nervous. Um, but once uh, the atmosphere backstage, and again, it's all inclusive backstage, everyone's, oh, everyone's chatty with each other, everyone encourages each other. Um, and once you see a few people go, well, I'm here now, I might as well just bloody do it. But I was nervous, but I was really lucky enough to have quite a lot of people in the audience that were rooting for you. So yeah, it, was, okay. it, was, it was really good. I was yeah. really uh, chuffed that people came down and they were shouting out and stuff like that. So mm. it's, uh, it's, it was a really good, it was, yeah. a, it was a great experience. It really was. So, how long yeah. does it last? Like, how long are you up there? Uh, depends how many categories you go into, but I was, uh, just did the Masters and... Um, and uh, I went into the under 100 kilo ones. But there were some younger lads and they were, were big, big boys. So I didn't really mind about that. But the Masters was um, probably on for, I was probably there, 25 minutes. Okay. Right, in, in total. Yeah. And you, you do your individual routine, um, which probably mine only lasted about 45 seconds a minute. Mm. Um, and then that's done, dusted. And then move on. And, uh, and I must admit, after you finish the show, everyone's the same. There was just a big drop, a flat spot where you just go because you've been dedicating yourself for oh, uh, right. okay. sixteen to twenty weeks mm. to do this show, mm. and all of a sudden you've done the show. It's Definitely. over in forty-five seconds, mm. uh, and you just go, "Wow, that was it!" Mm. And after the next week, you just feel so flat and low. And a lot of people do struggle with that one, and they uh, go back to binge eating. Um, and uh, really fall off the rails. Luckily, I only had a two or three bad meals, and I felt so bad that I went, "No, I'm back onto my good food." So, I was I was lucky, but some people aren't that lucky, and they just carry on and on and on. And some people just blow out mm. because they struggle with so much. Mm. Yeah, but it's interesting. But yeah, great experience. All I can mm. say was it's a great experience, and I uh, that's why I'm hopefully going to do it again next year in April. Hopefully next year. Okay. Yeah, hopefully if oh. I look all right. I'm sure you will. Together with you. <laughs> it's not part of my plan <laughs> at this stage. Uh, yeah. So what's your plan for next year? Uh, Bearing in mind, you know, we said that we should all have a goal to go for. Mm. Well, I don't have one. We should have one. Yeah. Every year. Mm. Every year. And after hearing your podcast, the very first one you've done. You, that was a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. You, mm. you, every year have a goal to go for because, mm. as we said earlier, as, as you get older, mm. you just go, uh, well, where did those last three, four years go? Mm. And if you're 22, 23, you can, you can waste a couple of years. That's all right. But as you get older, I really believe that you can't waste any time at all. No. So just have a goal to go for it. So it doesn't have to be a fitness goal. It could be any goal at all. Well, I spend a lot of time sitting, waiting in the work that I do. Yeah. So when I'm not working, I... I think it's important to be moving. 
especially as you get older yep. and functional moving. 100%, yeah. Um, so that's kind of my goal is to be moving. Yeah, okay. Uh, but I'm not I'm not planning on getting down to my gold undies no, no, just no. yet. No, no, no. Uh, but I mean, you know, you could do art, you could do, it doesn't matter what it is, you can you can study to do something, you could just have a goal to do mm. something, mm. just to say you've, that year of have achieved something yeah, yeah yeah when we first came to australia obviously and the the kids were really involved with swimming and uh surf like i couldn't swim i couldn't swim at all don't need to swim in london what do you need to swim mm. there for mm. uh even when we used to go to spain on holiday uh i had to like doggy paddle up to the poolside bar uh because mm. i couldn't swim up to it and uh certain thing and uh and that was it but so when we came to australia i thought it can't be that hard i thought i'd try and learn um lead by example if the kids are putting the effort in training and swimming i thought well, i'll swim too and i can still remember i jumped in the pool there at nulunga i thought can't be that hard i made it five meters and then i had to hold on the lane rope because i was gonna die You're out of breath i was gonna die mm. uh, so i kept persevering and persevering i remember i made a 25 meters after two or three weeks and I can remember the lifeguard coming up to me going, are you okay, mate? Because I think I must have been uh, breathing rather heavily. Um, but I kept persevering. Uh, and eventually, um, within a year, I managed to do the Brighton Jetty Classic, which was like two Ks in the sea. Mm, um, amazing. Yeah, so I, talk, mm. oh, that was, I think that was, for me, that was a, a big achievement for me from not being out to swim at all and then doing my bronze medallion for surf and, uh, you know, feeling really comfortable in the water. Mm. Uh, so when the kids used to go to the swimming pool in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, to do their training, I thought I'd try and lead by example as well. And I used to swim a couple of k's in the morning myself, every, mm. every morning, mm. every morning in the pool. So yeah. I think, um, you know, parents, it, rather than probably go and have a cup of coffee or going back to sleep in the car, be a bit of a role model for your kids. If your kids are swimming in the pool, and it's hard, hard gig being a swimmer, mm. uh, you get in the bloody pool as well, and you, the kids see you swimming up and down. Uh, and that's what I tried to do. Well, the sad thing now is if you go and watch that, the parents are on their phones. Exactly right. They're not even watching their kids. No, no. So I used and to the try... Kid, and the kids get to the end and look up to, for a bit of recognition from their parents, and the parents aren't even looking. No, that's it. And that happens in so Get your phones. Sport. Don't take your phones into the pool, parents. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. I, I watch agree your kids. with that. I agree with that. Mm. Uh, but I thought I'd take it next level, and I thought, well, I'll... I'll I'll train as well. So that's what I did. I used to do two Ks in the morning. So when the kids were in the pool, they used to see me walk past. I didn't have my gold undies on. I had a pair of swimmers on. Uh, and uh, I used to swim up and down as well. And when I used to leave, I used to say, see you later to them. Mm. And uh, I thought that if I could do that, they would probably um, make them not feel as though they were just... Being punished. Punished, yeah. yeah. Mm. I was training as well. Mm. So And also and I, it would have built up a you know, lovely relationship with the kids. Yeah, hundred percent. Something in common. Yeah, mm. yeah. And uh, my two have grown up to be two really good kids. They really mm. have been mm. because they are, they immersed themselves in the sport. And mm. It was hard times as well, you know, being a, a an, an elite swimmer. Uh, you know, they're training ten, twelve times a week. Yeah, uh, you know, thirteen, twelve, thirteen years old. Mm. So it's amazing, really mm. amazing. But the dedication they put in it for the reward that they get, they're not going to make a lot of money out of it, but. Um, they learn, my two learn an awful lot about themselves with swimming and surf, you know, dedication, bravery, all that sort of stuff. So it's mm. good, good, mm. love it.
that year you did the Brighton Jetty Classic, they put the boy in the wrong spot. They did. So I think it was actually uh, 2.2 k's or 2.3 k's. I can't remember. But it was a lot longer than it should it have been. It was supposed to be 1.5. And by the time you swam your big arc yep. in the current. And they moved them too far down. And mm. uh, yeah, I think. And was... they knew and they let it go. Yeah, yeah. that's it. But um, I say I, I wasn't going to win it by any means. But mm. all I had to do was just make it. And I felt. And uh, that was good. I really mm. thought I achieved something there. Yeah. Yeah. There was a couple of points during the swim. I went, I can't do this, man. Mm. But I thought I'd uh, dig in and uh, and I made it. So that was good. I was pleased with myself there. Well, your story about swimming is very similar to mine. Yeah, go and, on. And um, I, I swam that swim as well. That's right, we did, didn't you? Yeah, and, that's right, uh, what you saying. Um, I'll never forget, I was, it was hard because by the time the older people go, the swell's up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, all yeah. the young people go when it's flat, and then the, after lunch, off yeah. you go. And uh, I reckon I went uh, probably fifteen, maybe twenty minutes before Ellie's group, and she caught me, had a chat to me, told me to hurry up, and then kept swimming and yeah. passed me, and she got out before me. It was um, she was a good swimmer. The same the same experience happened to me. Obviously, the old boys went on there. They had the, an open. The opens behind us. And this uh, uh, young lad from Marion Swimming Club, lovely, good lad he was, um, he went off, I reckon, half an hour after me. And as I was coming around the jetty, towards the end, I think, Christ, I've made it. I can't believe I've made it. All of a sudden, I can only describe it as this thing went flying past me. <laughs> uh, and it was young Ryan mm. from the Marion Swimming Club. He started off half an hour before me, and he just overtook me. Mm. towards the end it just went flying past me mm. so I was never going to win the thing but no. at least I made it so all I wanted to do was just mm. make it so I had, a, I had a little fist bump when I finished mm. it's one yeah, of those goal yeah. things that you goal talk about goal things to do yeah life life goals yeah 100% mm. tick yeah. tick that's mm. it tick mm. yeah very good love it yeah haven't had a swim for a while no me neither I haven't, mm. I haven't since the kids stopped swimming I haven't been in the pool um, probably you know, I probably haven't swum for probably two years mm. uh, and I used to swim every day so mm. uh, I do miss it every now and again mm. but it just doesn't work into my schedule anymore so but you never forget how to swim yeah it's one of those mental things yep swimming yep. and it's really really good for you yep 100% and again as you get older it's a, um, a really really good thing to do for your fitness because it's obviously low impact no impact stuff so you can swim mm. uh, you get your heart rate up you get your energy up and you're not putting any stress in the joint so it's a fantastic thing to do mm. so again as you get older lift weights and have a swim i don't think there's don't go running don't run mm. it's a ridiculous thing to do um especially as you get older it's just bad for you bad for your back bad for your knees bad for your hips everything mm. um but yeah do a bit lift a bit of weights and go for a swim that's perfect mm. perfect walk the dog i must admit the treadmill after a workout is work Proving to be a good thing. Yeah, good thing. When you're going into fat burning mode straight away, so you've already burnt off energy doing your weights. Hopefully your heart rate should be up a little bit from doing your weights. Then it's just a 20 minute walk afterwards. Let the lactic acid out and you're, you're burning you're burning calories and you're, you're hopefully you're burning burning uh, fat as well and hopefully it all goes in conjunction. And you can bump out to 25 minutes to 30 minutes. So before the show, I was probably doing 
45, 50 minutes of cardio mm. as you bump it up all the time. You know, go that fat burning mode, but always after your workout. So do your workout, do your weights, and then do your cardio after. Um, have a chat. It's a bit of a relax. You can listen to a bit of music. It's, it's a good thing to do. Mm. Yeah, good thing to do. Yeah, and it seems as though you're not a sore. You know, yeah, like no, you take lactic. the lactic acid out, and it's fantastic. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Oh, I, want to, I know a bit more about going to the gym now. Hopefully, hopefully you do. Um, and I shouldn't be worried about you being a spider. No, no, hopefully not. Mm. Hopefully but I, not. I don't understand it. Well, because to look at you, no. like you're like in Man Mountain. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, the spider thing, I don't think that'll ever go. Maybe we should swap mirrors for a while. Have you got a decent one? You can look in my mirror. Have you got a decent mirror? Don't think so. <laughs> well, well, there's like a stick man in there. Oh, no. No, actually, I see Arnold when I look in the mirror. See, I've, so I've got the wrong dysmorphia, haven't I? You no, know, I think that's, about. I'll tell you what, that's a great dysmorphia to have, if you could have that one. That'd be amazing. Mm. Yeah, and uh, sometimes you look at people and they're looking in the mirror and you go, what are you seeing? And... Uh, I think you're probably seeing something different to what I'm seeing. Mm. Um, so, but I'm I'm happy for them if they can do that and look in the mirror and go. If I got up in the morning and went, was happy with what I saw in the mirror, you'd go. I wouldn't be at the gym. Ridiculous thing to do. So you look in the mirror and you go, I'm, I look amazing. I'm just going to go have a few beers this afternoon, <laughs> and that's what you do, wouldn't you? Because it's not easy going to the gym, is yeah. it? So, uh, but because you don't look in the mirror and go. I look amazing, then uh, you've got to try and change something. So that's what I do. I wonder what the world would be like without mirrors. That's an interesting question. Never thought about that. Mm. Um, I'm sure someone's probably put it to the test somewhere. I will say, uh, if I had a gym, I wouldn't have any weight scales in the gym. Uh, I think weight's totally irrelevant. I think when people say, I'm trying to lose weight, it does annoy me. Mm. what's weight what are you trying to lose I mean I'll chop your leg off that'd be weight mm. don't want to do that for you mm. uh, you'll be a lot lighter without that leg um, if someone says I'm trying to change my body composition I go it's good I'm trying to lose body fat I like that too. but weight what is weight so for me I've seen so many people walk into the gym and they're happy they're smiley especially the girls happy smiley they're both training partner and they walk in and they get on the scales and you can literally see them deflate as they step on the scales, and it's ruined their whole workout. So don't weigh yourself. Weight is totally irrelevant. Uh, it's how you look, how you feel, um, how you look in the clothes. I mean, rather than weigh yourself, you could have a, uh, a dress or a suit or a shirt in the cupboard that you go, I'd love to fit into that or look good in that. That's what you do. Every now and again, you put it on and you go, I'm getting where I need to go. You don't need to weigh yourself. Mm. Weight, weight's so detrimental to everything we work for. Well, then. Uh, muscle weighs more than fat, doesn't it? So if you're starting to lose body fat and gaining muscle, you probably stay the same weight. Well, you would. That's why the weight is totally relevant. Another mm. thing, the people go to the doctors and the BMI is just the biggest, my well, biggest pet hate. Uh, people go on the BMI chart and they go, oh, you, according to this BMI, you could be losing five kilos. Fancy these idiot doctors, most of them are idiots, saying to people, talk to them at BMI. You don't need a BMI chart to look at yourself in the mirror and go, I'm either overweight. You know mm. if you're overweight. Mm. You don't need a, a chart for people to tell them. Um, so the BMI really is one thing that really grates on my nerves um, and they shouldn't be using it. And the doctors shouldn't have got certainly no qualifications to be preaching to people about BMI. 
a lot of the doctors are overweight themselves and they go, oh, you could lose, I mean, a terrible thing to say to people. Mm. So uh, one of the guys at work, his, his wife looks fantastic. The doctor told us she needed to lose five kilos and she's devastated. Mm. Just completely ruined it. So weight, BMI, totally irrelevant, really is to me. So mm. you look, how you feel, mm. really is mm. 100% like that. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, my philosophy on that one. It's a good one. Well, hopefully. I like yeah, it. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Mm. All right. Well, good chat. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for inviting me, mate. Hopefully, pleasure. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, it wasn't too boring. No, no, not at all. Okay, cool. Well, there's a lot of things that I didn't know, and still don't know. And maybe there'll be people listening that will go, oh, "I didn't know that." Okay, cool. Mm. All right. Well, I much appreciate, mate. Thanks mm. very much. Yeah. No worries. Thank you. All right. Cheers. Yeah. Gonna have a gonna have a go. Oh, gonna have cream cake now. <laughs> idea <laughs> but you could um have a day where you, like rather than being strict the whole time you could have a day where you go today's the day i have something that i enjoy 100 oh, percent. yeah you have your you have your your cheat night mm. uh, i don't like to have a cheat day but a cheat night so normally on a saturday night if you're good during the week you can uh you can by all means saturday night you can have a glass of wine you can have whatever you want to eat mm. you can Many that's Saturday night. That's your cheat night. Otherwise, you're you're in punish mode the whole time. Yeah, you don't want to punish. You don't deprive yourself of stuff. Mm. Um, but that's why your your cheat night is a cheat night. If you want chocolate, have chocolate. If mm. you want to, if you want to uh, have cream cakes or curry or Chinese and three bottles of wine, you go for it. Mm. But that's just one night, and the rest mm. of the time you're good as gold. Mm. And that's what makes a difference. You're not depriving yourself of stuff, but you've got a bit of discipline there as well. One night doesn't make any difference at all. And you can look forward to it. 100%, yeah. Mm. yeah. And you probably find that maybe as you get further down the track, you don't need it. Well, it's the same with me. If I don't fancy it, I do not have a cheat night. But if I fancy it, I'll have a cheat night. Mm. Really, really, really is that plain and simple. Mm. And the more less you have a cheat night, the less you want one. Because mm. it makes you feel rubbish the next day. Yeah, that's yeah, right. it really does, yeah. honestly. Yeah, Yeah, that's. I, I don't have any spare time left for hangovers. <laughs> me neither me neither just can't stand the feeling at that's all that's just such a Thanks waste it. of time yeah yeah it really yeah. is yeah mm. alright well, well it is what it is it is what it is mate yeah appreciate your time mm. thanks very much brilliant let's do it mm.